What's up, everyone? Thank you so much for being with us today. This is the Deviants Welcome podcast brought to you by Volatile Patients. I am John, and with me in spirit is my co-host, Cell. Say hi to the people, Cell. Hi, the people. Fantastic. John seems to have forgotten that I edit the pod. Hey guys, it's Sel. I'll be uh, cutting in at the end with my take on the whole thing. But uh, for now, roll that intro music. So you may have noticed that uh, I said in spirit today for my co-host, Sal. He is off getting himself into hijinks uh, or he's at work, you know, whichever you choose to believe. Um, (laughs) So because he's not here, I decided it would be a good idea to kind of do something just for myself. It had been a while since I had seen a newer horror movie. I think the most recent one I had seen to this point was the remakes of It, because those were really good. Uh, I really enjoyed the TV version. I enjoyed the book, uh, and I wanted to see what the fuss was about, because you know it was finally going to be a rated R version of of the movie It, as opposed to the, the rated for TV version. So um, anyway... I wanted to watch a a newer horror movie, something that was reportedly good on most accounts, but was I wanted to watch a newer horror movie that the general public liked because I wanted to see what horror movies look like nowadays. I guess most of the horror movies I watch are, you know, uh, what, late 70s, early 80s, 90s and 2000s. That that was my generation. That was my heyday. So I don't get a whole lot of the newer stuff because I don't have a whole lot of time to go searching for it. If you listen to the episode, Jason sucks, you find out that most of the time when I'm looking at Netflix or whichever streaming to find something to watch, I'm usually spending more of my time looking through the things I can watch than actually watching something. So I decided that I would pick a movie that a lot of people said they liked in 2020 And just kind of give you guys my thoughts on it. Um, And I went with The Invisible Man. I had not seen the original. Um, I'm familiar with the story, but I hadn't seen the original. But I heard by all accounts that it was not just good, but really good. So I, I figured I would give it a shot. Before we get too far into the discussion, be aware, as of right now, you are going to get some light spoilers. I realize the movie is almost a year old as of the date of this recording. So most of you have probably seen it, but if you haven't and you're not wanting any sort of spoilers at all, I'm not going to be giving away anything huge, but we may stumble into some spoilers. So if you don't want any spoilers at all and intend on watching this movie, go ahead and turn the podcast off now. I promise we'll leave it up and you can watch it after you watch the movie. Anyway, for those of you that have stuck around, this movie was well worth my time. Um, it was definitely more of a, uh, a disturbing suspense thriller than your typical slasher, which was, I mean, as slasher as you can get in like the 1930s, that's kind of what the invisible man was. It was your, your, you know, your single villain that, that goes crazy and, and 
goes on a killing spree. Um, or just your your average antagonist villain that goes on a killing spree and is, is killing a mass population of people. But this one was not really that. It was far more a psychological thriller than I expected it to be. It had a lot more of um, disturbing undertones, disturbing subject matter, stuff that just kind of makes you go, ugh. You know, you, you feel for the characters and stuff like that um, because... The, the main character, Cecilia, has quite a bit of backstory that is very traumatic in dealing with the antagonist. If you've seen the trailer, I'm sure you know what I'm talking about. If you've seen the movie, you definitely know what I'm talking about. Um, but we'll get into more of that later. Um, I thought it was a good adaptation to to the old story. Uh, there's no monocane. Uh, he's, he's not taking a drug this time, for those of you who are keen on the original. Um... I thought it was uh I thought it was a neat twist what they did with the uh the tech version of it how they made the suit more technolo- technology based than you know chemical produced in a lab type of thing the guy is is supposedly a, a world leader in the field of optics so he creates this suit which I'll admit like the first time you see the character in the movie itself uh, in the in the suit itself um, is when when uh, Elizabeth Moss's character Cecilia is when Cecilia is in the attic and she dumps paint on him and he he kind of looked like a golf ball to me uh, it was probably just that it was white paint but it was also because his suit is a bunch of of cameras that are like reflective I guess so that it makes him just kind of reflect everything and that's how he's invisible. Um it was a it was a pretty cool twist on the the old story. Um I dig that it's the type of thing that could happen. I mean it's it's definitely got some believability. You got to figure with all the things that they can do these days with technology that you know you could see somebody doing that like uh not not necessarily that you could see somebody doing it but you could see that somebody could do that if they wanted to and chances are after seeing that movie somebody's looking into it i'm sure the world leader in optics if he happens to have a bit of a dark side is probably checking into the idea of this suit um it looked yeah but it it looked kind of weird to me um but what are you going to do i guess you know for the subject matter and how they decided to twist the story the suit makes sense. Honestly, you don't really see it a whole lot anyway. Um, but it was the movie itself was a very entertaining couple hours. Uh, the story kept me interested the whole time. It was a bit of an interesting story arc for me. It it had a, an axial motion, kind of an, a lot of up and down. Um, I feel like they spent a little more time playing with the suit than they necessarily needed to. They created a lot of scenes where the suit comes into play. Um, and, and of course, he's invisible. So things are just happening within the the setting that, um, you know, that are happen- happening due to a guy you can't see. They did a lot of those scenes and all of them were very cool. Each scene was very entertaining and they were all cool to see, but I feel like there could have been less of them and still have been a good movie because you had a lot of really cool, you know, suspenseful scene, a very slow story scene that didn't quite keep up. 
So you had a lot of really suspenseful and then a lot of down downtime story. And there were just a lot of those little hills to go through. Um, but honestly, I'm I'm kind of digging for something bad to say about this movie. There were there were a few nitpicky things that I could mention here and there. Maybe maybe they couldn't decide which one of those cool scenes to cut or something, so they just kind of threw them all into the movie and and made it you know 15 minutes longer, 20 minutes longer than it really needed to be. But yeah, there's not a lot of criticism to be had really after that. I'm kind of reaching just to come up with a negative, just to keep my review balanced. I feel like it's kind of a nitpicky thing to bring it up, but you know, if I had to pick something, there you go. There's there's a bit of a knock on it. Uh, but it was it was a really good movie for the psychological suspense movies, the disturbing content. There's definitely some moments in there that I would consider very disturbing. So if you you know if that type of thing tricks your trigger, so to speak, then this is definitely the type of movie I su- I suggest you watch. So to the story itself. Um, with the antagonist, I definitely believe that that character could exist. He's, uh, he's a rich, like I, like I mentioned before, he's kind of a world leader in the field of optics. Uh, they don't go too much more into that in terms of like his innovations and things like that. Um, but it is the type of thing where you could see, you know, a rich, very powerful guy being very controlling. Um, he is abusive towards Cecilia in, in ways that are trying to control her everything. Um, he, it, it's like the guy has to have some, he has to have full control over everything in his life. And you could see that with, you know, rich, powerful people, they kind of want to, they, they want to own everybody around them. It's something you could see in any rich guy that you know, that could be like that. Uh, so that was kind of cool. It was it was kind of, I, I guess, kind of a relatable character, you could call it. Someone that you could kind of see in in the overly rich people you may or may not know, or the rich people that you may or may not hear about, that you may hear about in the news or anything like that. Um, the story itself was great. Uh, it was it was good to suck. It was good enough to suck you in. You, know, you you wanted to see the rest of it. I wasn't sitting there for two hours and just going, God. I can't wait for this movie to be over. It's just so boring. No, the movie itself, it was it was really entertaining. Um, I wanted to see what was going on with the story, and it even though it did have its its moments with the uh, the motion that I mentioned, it it's got a lot of it's got a lot of key points in the story that kept me interested. Now it, it certainly left a lot open in the story to uh, to account for some of the things that were a little silly, like for instance, the uh, the suit made of cameras is bulletproof, to a degree, and also stab-proof, which is very interesting. I've, I've never seen a camera lens stop a bullet or a knife. Uh, maybe this guy is just that good. But the story is open. Like I said, they, they didn't go too far into his advancements or anything like that to make it... Uh, make it very known why it was that that suit had that capability or how exactly he managed to pull off something like that. Like a bulletproof suit, I can understand, because Batman. But stab-proof, not so much. That's that's a different thing altogether. And when you talk about making it out of cameras, I'm not sure I buy that. But, again, nitpicky bullshit. The, the story itself was very suspenseful in a lot of those areas. It really, really plays on that fear that everybody knows of, you know, somebody's watching me. 
like you can just feel somebody watching you when you're home alone. Because I'm in the studio today without cell, I kind of got that. Because, you know, I watched the movie last night, uh, given a fresh perspective on it. And I'm kind of walking around like, do I feel like I'm being watched or am I just thinking about the movie I watched last night? It really plays on that. And there's a lot of scenes that are... It, it makes people very. It could make people very uneasy, because it plays off of that very, very well. There were a lot of B-roll shots, um, as they're called, a lot of environment shots that you know it's it's showing you the room that you're in and stuff like that before you, before you start getting into the scene. Um, and and there were a lot of them, but because I knew the premise was Invisible Man, I spent a lot of time watching the uh, the scenes because they were so long, and I'm kind of looking at every little thing, going, "What's what's moving? Is there something that I'm not seeing that's moving?" Stuff like that, and that was that was a little distracting because there are a lot of them, a lot of just setting the 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 scene. Um, it didn't really work well for me. I guess I could see the purpose behind it. Um, I I know quite a bit about how dude's house looks and uh you know all the all the places that they're in because they do a lot of those b-roll environmental shots but it, it seemed a little bit over the top for me and so i was looking a lot through the movie i was kind of distracted during those trying to figure out if maybe they were having things move that i was supposed to be catching um because i'm like why why am i staring at this hallway for 10 15 seconds there's nothing in this hallway so what's going on? Is there supposed to be an invisible guy that I'm watching kind of phase in and out down the hallway? But nothing I saw. I did only watch it once, so maybe I missed something. But overall, the script had some great, really well-placed spots. Uh, there were definitely some of those lines that you get that just bring a smile to your face and kind of tie the story in together. The dialogue between the characters was good. It wasn't. It, it certainly wasn't that campy, horribly written... Uh, slasher movie it was definitely there was definitely more attention paid to story which if you listen to jason sucks our episode two um episode two i think if you listen to that you, you know i'm a big fan of story and i will watch something that's just uh a blood and and guts and nudity fest but if i have my preference it's got to have a story so if it doesn't have a story for me, I'm I'm definitely gonna put that to the back burner. But this one, this one had a great story that was uh, it was very compelling. Um, I will say the uh, the title character, Oliver Jackson Cohen, is the the optics expert who is the boyfriend. I thought it was um, we we didn't get to see a lot of his face. Um, you, you get to see him a lot in like the back, maybe back quarter of the movie or so a little bit more. But most of the time you see him in the suit. So you're you're either seeing him in a suit or you're not seeing him at all. Um, but I thought it was really interesting how they did the open of the story, how you you learned a lot about this guy by the way Cecilia has to break out of his house. You heard me. She has to break out of her boyfriend's house. You learn a lot about what this guy is about and how controlling and everything just by the lengths she has to go to to get out of this house and get away from this guy from, you know, drugging him to sneak out of the room, the bedroom, uh having stuff stowed away. She's got to, you know, trip the 
she's got to turn the alarms off and turn the cameras off. And then she's got to jump a giant concrete wall. Like she had to work hard to get away from this dude. And it tells you a whole lot about what kind of guy this guy really is. And you don't actually, you, you see his face, but you don't hear his voice. You don't really see him doing anything. Um, for at least the first five, maybe ten minutes of the film, when she's trying to get away from him in the first, it's it's great. It was a really interesting way to educate the people on a character without actually showing the character or giving the character any dialogue or or anything like that. It was I thought that was really cool, and uh, good job to Oliver Jackson Cohen uh, for for being that that guy who's in the back part of the movie only. Or, or really only has lines in the back part of the movie and gave a nice, compelling performance. Um, I, I can remember, like I mentioned, there's there's some points in the script that are just awesome. And there's at least one of them that I can think of right off the top of my head, and it's the end, so I won't give it away. But uh, one of the ways he delivers those lines and just the look on his face was just perfect. He played this guy very, very well. I have not seen him in any of his other projects, but he was, he was really good in this role for me. Aldous Hodge was a secondary character. He was essentially the, the male lead, I guess you could call it. He wasn't the boyfriend. Um, but like I said, the boyfriend was either invisible or, uh, wasn't in like, you know, wasn't really in there until the back half of the movie. So Aldous Hodge plays Cecilia's friend and he's like the, the, the top build supporting character, I guess you could call him a co-star. Uh, his his role was small, but he was really good when when they used him. Um, I had seen him in Hidden Figures too, that that uh, Disney movie that came out not too long ago about the uh, the women who worked in the calculating the calculating department for NASA. Uh, it was a Disney movie, but yes, go watch it. It was really good, uh, way better than I thought it was going to be. So before you before you start laughing at me, you you horror fans that don't watch anything but horror, go watch Hidden Figures. It was pretty good, and it, it's it's a nice feel good movie. Anyway, back to the uh, back to the horror. Elizabeth Moss kind of well, I mean she obviously stole the show. She was the she was the star. She was the majority of the movie, and really the reason that they didn't need a lot of screen time or anything from the other supporting cast. Um, most of the supporting cast was in and out, in and out. They probably, I think they only had maybe three or four characters at most that I could tell you their names. Um, and it's just because they didn't use a whole lot of the supporting cast uh, throughout the two-hour movie. It was it was mostly Elizabeth Moss just doing her thing, which was, it, it was amazing. Typically when I see an actor or an actress uh, that's doing... A solo movie like a, a Tom Hanks from Castaway was was good, but that's Tom Hanks. I can't think of anything I've seen him in that was bad. Um, feel free to contest that point. But Elizabeth Moss did a great job uh, acting in this movie. She made everything believable. Um, when she was distressed and stuff like that, I felt distressed along with her. Um, I kind of knew... Because, you know, I saw the trailer and because obviously a half an hour into the movie, everything's not going to be all right. So, like, when she thinks that everything is going to be all right, she finds out that this guy that she escaped from and she's she's holed up again, you know, hold up away from. 
out in the sticks, you know, a place where hopefully he can't find her. She find out finds out that he's dead. And this is in like the first half hour of the movie. So I know for a fact he's not fucking dead because we're, you know, we're 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 a half hour into a movie that's two hours long. We haven't seen the Invisible Man yet. We all know what's coming. We know he's coming. And this poor woman gets a smile on her face for the first time. And you feel so bad for her because she plays the character so well that she can she can make you feel so bad for her because you know what's coming. Um, and the, the story did a lot for that character. She goes through hell with this guy um, even before the uh, the invisible man before she escapes. I mean, obviously, she took the time to break out of a bunker to get away from this dude. So he's he's not the best guy at, at all. He's definitely that type of slimeball dude. But uh, her, you usually when I watch a character that's featured throughout the whole movie, and and he or she is the the character on camera, ninety percent of the time like that. Sometimes I'll get bored because I I need a little more variety. But she did a great job. Uh, I was interested in her character. I didn't get bored watching her. Uh, she played everything very very well. Um, I've seen her in a few things. She was in Mad Men. I watched a little bit of that. Um, I haven't seen The Handmaid's Tale, but everything I've seen her in, she's been great. So I really expected nothing less, and she definitely delivered. Uh, it was a great performance. As far as the creep factor, that's one of my... There's, there's no actual metric to that. It's just whether or not I find it creepy. Like I said, this is not the traditional slasher. It's far more rooted in the psychological horror genre than it would be in the gory slasher, even though it does have its bloody moments. Not being able to see the killer uh, created a lot of... It, it created an interesting challenge for creating suspense because a lot of times you see a Jason, or especially, for me, Michael Myers is my favorite slasher. You see Michael Myers. You, you see Michael Myers... And he's just walking, right? He never quickens pace. He's just walking because he knows you're going to trip over nothing or he's going to he's going to get you one way or another. He's, you know, very strategic. So when the camera is on him and he's just walking, that's really intimidating. It's really intimidating to watch Michael Myers just walk at you because he never quickens pace. He's super confident. He knows he's coming to get you. And you see that guy just walking, taking step after step after step. And you see that in all these movies, and they use that to build suspense. With this, you didn't have that because you couldn't see the character. But they did a good job with little things moving around the room here and there. Um, the, the scene that everybody saw in the trailer where Elizabeth Moss is on the porch, and you can see her breath. And then for a second, you see a breath behind her, but you can't see a person taking that breath. That is that is a level of creep right there. Man, I, I don't get creeped out very often. And it definitely wasn't, you know, overly nightmare fuel for me. But that definitely tapped into a bit of a creep factor that kind of told me, all right, I got to respect this movie a little bit. I'm not just going to walk through this movie and everything's going to be good. It might actually get me here and there. The killer definitely has that superhuman factor. Um, it's like a, a, a next level predator 
that creates a helplessness because even though this guy is not necessarily super strong uh, or super quick or, you know, anything like that, the fact that you can't see him and the fact that he is methodical and very, very smart, uh, it, it does give him that it, it gives the character that helplessness that you in turn feel as a viewer where you're just like, how the fuck is she going to beat this guy? How is she going to get out of this? How is she going to, Oh God, she's in this situation. How is she going to do this? And there are those times where you're just like those, Oh fuck moments where you're just like, she's so screwed. There's, there's no way she's getting out of this. And it's, uh, it's, it's very good for the entertainment value, but like I mentioned before, I kind of feel like they played into it a little bit more than they needed to. They didn't do a bad job, but I feel like it was just maybe a little bit too many of those parts. Um, and I just I wish the movie were a little bit shorter. But to be fair, I wouldn't know which part I would really want to cut to make it that much shorter. But yeah, uh, very much plenty of the uh, plenty of the uneasy feeling suspenseful scenes uh those edge of your seat feels that you know eyes glued to the tv because you just you don't know what's coming next it was it was more gory than i thought it was going to be i know i mentioned it was uh psychological horror and it is it is um you're not seeing a lot of gutted bodies things like that but there are people he's not killing um there are people he's very much killing and some of those kills do happen in very bloody ways. I didn't really expect it to be gory at all. There was more blood. There was a decent amount of blood. I certainly have no complaints about the blood level. Then again, I'm a fan of the, you know, the the Nightmare on Elm Street one where Johnny Depp, little Johnny Depp, gets sucked into the bed and the gallons and gallons of blood come pouring out. You know, so I don't, I don't mind the blood. If we're talking one to ten, scale of one to ten, um, I'd probably give it a seven point five. Tens for me don't really exist with movies because it's 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 really hard, if not just impossible to get a perfect score for for nobody to find anything they don't like about it, uh, especially with any amount of time. But seven point five, I think, is fair. Um, it was definitely entertaining, something I would watch again. Uh, it was it was really it was it was what I would call very good, not great, but very good. Um, I'd recommend anybody watch it at least once. I would definitely rewatch it, but I'm not going out of my way to rewatch it again. Um, if I'm looking for a horror movie and there's nothing better on, then yeah, I would absolutely watch it again. Uh, if you know, I went to a friend's house and they were like, hey, let's watch The Invisible Man. Yeah, sure. No problem. I'm not just going to leave because the movie sucks. Um, but it was definitely not the best horror movie I've ever seen. All in all. I very much suggest that you you check it out for yourself. Um, it's got my seal of approval for for at least a single watch. I can see a lot of what everybody liked about it. And I, I didn't really see a whole lot that people disliked about it. Just a few things that, like I said, I was being nitpicky trying to find some cons. And, you know, just a few things that I could think of that I didn't like about it. But, uh, you know, feel free to shoot me your opinion. I'm always up for a good debate, and I'd uh, I'd be happy to hear what your thoughts are on it. And also, this was really fun for me, just kind of picking up on a, an on-the-fly review. So if you are interested in us reviewing another movie, or me reviewing another movie, 
sell in spirit, um, then by all means, send me an email. You can email me at john at volatilepatience.com. That's J-O-N at volatilepatience.com. And uh, let me know what kind of movies you'd be interested in us reviewing. Uh, it's it's if you, if you want me to review My Little Pony, I might do it. It'd be fun. If, uh, you know, it, it doesn't have to be any specific genre. I like movies of all types. So, yeah, if there's anything you'd be interested in checking out. And, and please, also give me some recommendations on some newer horror because... I don't, uh, I don't get out much. I don't get a whole lot of time to watch new movies these days, and I don't hear a lot about what movies are great and what movies are not, by and large. So feel free to give me a, a recommendation list of things that you think I have to see. Hey guys, this is Cell popping in on the back end to give my input on this whole thing. Uh, John's review, I think, was ultimately pretty good, except for like his take on the goddamn suit. One thing to keep in mind is that I came up with this idea for this suit when I was like 12. But John said that it like reflects light and that's not how cameras work, bro. The way the suit works is it takes the, the camera, takes a picture of the thing that it's pointing at and then passes it through and processes it into an image on the other side so that you see what the camera sees probably rendered for fisheye lenses and blah, 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 blah. Point is, is that that is one of the things that is like my big gripe with this goddamn thing is because when I turn on my goddamn PlayStation, the fucking thing whirs up like a fucking jet engine, but somehow this suit that is able to process like hundreds of cameras worth of data and also display in real time what the cameras are showing to the point where a person can't even tell that they're watching essentially a mobile video screen without it generating so much heat that nobody that, that, that the rooms are cooking without it making a shitload of noise and also holy hell the battery life on this thing has got to be amazing to be able to do what it does so yeah that was my main gripe with it the only other thing that i had is like kind of a minor gripe in terms of like hey hollywood like maybe say a little bit more of the story out loud uh where john's talking about the 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 kind of backstory that we're getting on the the kind of abuse that is that cecilia is is being put up with one of the things that that kind of like stuck out to me was the the focus on the diazepam and and the reason that folk that, that stuck out to me is when you know what diazepam is and what it's treated or what it's used to treat and it, it does tell a lot of the story in terms of the the degree of, of trauma that she's dealing with um if you don't know what diazepam is it can kind of have that like or potentially have that oh crazy person off their meds thing which totally undermines the story in a bad way uh and, and it's just something that i think maybe we should be a little bit more careful about when we're bringing you know mental illness into psychological horror right because there's there's a, a certain amount of of uh stigma that still goes with that that needs to really be kind of thrown into the dustbin of history uh and and we're not going to get there 
if we're being sloppy with how we're communicating stories that have those characteristics in it. Uh, beyond that, I thought the music was amazing, or the music, I thought the movie was amazing, and I really don't have anything to say beyond that. Uh, I think John's review was on point beyond that. That's all the time we have today. Thank you so much for checking us out. This has been Deviants Welcome. You can check out more episodes and get access to the latest everything at our website, volatilepatients.com. Sign up for our mailing list and tell us what kind of topics you'd like us to cover on the podcast. Check out the sock meds if that's your thing. Facebook.com slash volatile patients music. Twitter at volatile patients. That's V-O-L-A-T-Y-L-P-A-T-I-E-N-C-E. Thanks, Twitter, for not giving us enough characters. On Instagram, at volatile underscore patience, spelled correctly. Thank you, Instagram, for giving us the proper amount of characters. Remember to review us on Apple as soon as our podcast gets up there. We are still waiting for word from Apple. Please let us have our podcast up there. And... That's all I got for you. So until next time, say bye to the people, Sal. Bye, the people.